Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Better Living, a show about people or organizations having a big impact here in North Texas. We've got a very special Earth Day edition today. And our first guest joining me, I'm your host, Chris Arnold of 105.3 The Fan, is a guy who kind of set things off back in early February. We got a lot of response from Joshua Beltran. He's the marketing director for an organization that takes care of our furry friends, animal rescue operations and more, Paws in the City. How you doing, Joshua? Doing great. Doing great. Enjoying the weather. I understand you have a very special guest with you because we've got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Correct. Yeah, I have Jim Garrick, sir, with me. He is the co-founder of Early Recognition is Critical, and this is uh, about cancer and 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 finding cancer in dogs and using that data to transfer it over to humans, and we'll get all into those details. I'll let Jim ex- elaborate on everything that that is around cancer. Jim, I'm looking week. forward to the conversation. That's going to be great. Welcome to the show, by the way. Thank you, sir. Glad to be here. Joshua, we got to go back to when you visited with us last because we got a tremendous reaction about Paws in the City and the fact that you guys do such great work with Animal Rescue and you've just been, how many years now? Oh, gosh. Uh, it. I've been with the organization for uh, 10. Right. The organization itself has been around since 2009. Well, people really love the work that you guys do. And we, they also like the way you fundraise for this nonprofit. Can you talk about over the years the different types of fundraisers? And then we'll get into the big event coming up on the 29th. Sure. Yeah. Kind of our staple uh, weekly events. Uh, and we're still getting spawned up from kind of the pandemic and everything uh, is a, a, a kind of a day event, adoption event. We have animals at these events. Mm-hmm. Uh, we usually partner with you know, either a restaurant or potentially a brewery and there's drink specials. So, you know, you can come out, have a beer, right. And sure. pay a little bit of money and the, the, those funds go to pause in the city and come and pet a dog and, and get to learn more about the organization. Now, primarily it's dogs, right? It's, it's not cats. It's not any other kind of pets, but it's, it's mostly dogs, right. Or it's primarily Correct. dogs. Yeah. Yeah, we we had started off a little bit more broad uh, when the organization was originally founded, but over the years we've certainly narrowed it down, and we'll kind of speak to a little bit about that with this uh, with this new cancer program as well. But yes, primarily dogs. Let's talk about your pets again because that was one of the things we actually got some texts about. People like the fact that you have some nice pets around your home. Yeah, yeah, we uh, you can obviously go to our website or or visit us on social media and and see the available dogs. Um, and you know we're we're I would say we're certainly large when it comes to the volunteer effort, but we're we're really small and in, in terms of well I would say more strategically focused 
when it, in terms of the animals. So we really don't overextend ourselves. So mm -hmm. if you go to the website, you'll see you'll see 10 dogs. You won't see 50. And that's by design. Right. Right. We, we operate we operate with fosters. We don't have a boarding facility. We don't have a brick and mortar. So everything is done out of volunteering. And that's, again, by design. So all of the funds that come into Paws in the City go directly to the dog and not a heavy overhead of an organization. So you mentioned some of the events that you've been doing over the years. You've got a very big one coming up on the 29th. What is VermaFest? And please elaborate because people are excited. Yeah, so... Mark Verma was formerly the president of Paws in the City and a longtime volunteer. Mm -hmm. uh, he is the reason why I, or the first person I met uh, when volunteering back in 2012. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away, and, and some of these storylines are going to intersect intentionally. Uh, he battled with cancer uh, and put up a good fight, but he passed away last year. And he obviously was a huge impact to the organization and really a huge impact to the community in general. He was uh, kind of had the nomenclature as mayor of Deep Ellum. That was that was really wow. his scene. Uh, and he got us connected with so many organiz uh, organizations like Deep Ellum Brewery and, and other breweries that, you know, around Deep Ellum that really helped, you know, fund our events and, and we're great friends of Paul's in the city. So we want to honor him and we want to keep the legacy alive. And so we're doing in Verma style, a, a blowout event that is rock and roll. He was very much a rock and roll guy. So we're going to have three events happening on the same day. Look out. On April, yeah. <laughs> on April 29th, we'll have two events in the day that are the more traditional adoption events uh, where, you know, we'll, we'll have a, probably have some, some items off for raffle, but have a dog there or a couple of dogs and, mm -hmm. and do our typical thing. These and are the day events, right? This is the daytime stuff. This is the daytime stuff. And they'll be from one to six and, uh, and, and, you know, we'll have drink specials and food specials there as well. Mm -hmm. So open to the public, anyone that shows up, if this, if these venues are your normal stomping grounds, then you, you come in just as you normally did. So these two day events, one is in Richardson at Bender's sports bar, and the other is in deep Ellum at will call. So these are from one to six and all this information is on our Facebook and on our website. But and you and you mentioned the, this is really pet friendly. These afternoon events, this is where you can bring your your pet and everybody can hang out together. Correct. Both of these events have patios and have and there we'll, you we'll go. certainly have accommodations if you want to come and and hang out with your own dog or, or potentially a foster you you have as well. Very um, nice. So let's get into the main event that evening, the concert. Yeah, yeah. So the big event, and and again, this is uh, this is all in, in the spirit of. Of, of Mark Verma. He was a music fanatic and really loved the rock and roll scene. So uh, we partnered with the studio in Deep Ellum and we're going to have a rock concert. And the, the wonderful thing about this, all of this is all of these acts and, and these people that are, you know, helping out with the, with the event are mm -hmm. all volunteering. Oh, so great. yeah, they're, they're, they're bringing their talents and they're doing all this honor of Mark Verma, but to get all of this, you know, fundraising to, to come back to pause in the city. So there'll be quite a few acts here. We'll have nine headlining bands. Uh, I might mispronounce one of these bands. So hopefully, <laughs> take hopefully your time. Right. Yeah, yeah. Take your time. So we'll have low side, uh, inner core, uh, brand new machine, rivet head, five billion and counting, Bull by the Horn, the 
Argonaut and Vane. Uh, well, there's one more here. Sorry, I'm Sanction. reading my notes. Sanction. Sanction. There we go. Sanction. So uh, we're super excited. And at the day events, we'll also have uh, some live music there, more of an acoustic set. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, the main event is at the studio in Deep Ellum. Uh, you can buy, there There are some tables for sale. I, I will say it, it is definitely a rock and roll venue. So, you know, probably going to be certainly more people standing, you know, in terms of general admission and, you know, wandering around uh, the necessarily the seats. But we do have seats for sale. There are three tops and four tops. The three tops are 175, four tops are 200, and general admission at the door is, is $25. And again, everyone at this at this event is volunteering their time so we can quite literally say a hundred percent of the proceeds are going to pause in the city so we're super excited about this event and we're hoping it's going to be an annual event this is the first one you know you, you kind of have to get your feet wet and learn how to do these things and mm -hmm. it's a lot of organization to get you know bands together and the venues and you know, trying to pull off three events in one day is is is, is a lot. <laughs> we'll put it like this. It's in honor of Mark, and Mark knows most of the people involved with this. He's a deep alum kind of guy. And unlike, you know, a lot of nonprofits that will have a gala, this is indoor-outdoor. This is this is casual. This is a Saturday festival. Am I wrong? Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. That's, that's, that's right. It's very casual. Come, you know, come ready to listen to some loud music. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It sounds fantastic. And, again, um, when you came up with the idea, who came up with let's do it just like this as opposed to a traditional gala? Because I like the, I, I like this entire concept because nothing wrong with the gala, but, you know, there's a lot of galas and this is completely different. And we're talking about, you know, uh, rescue animals and, and, and pets. And, and so that's an indoor outdoor kind of thing anyway. Yeah. And, and really, it was one of his close friends. Uh, I, I won't say his last name, Jeff, and, and so he's so he's not too embarrassed, um, but he was really uh, eager to do something in the spirit of, you know, Mark's music scene and obviously benefiting Plaza City. So that's really where it spawned from. And, and, and Mark in general, uh, like I said earlier, was a very much so a Deep Ellum person. Uh, I don't frequent Deep Ellum as much as he did, but I certainly when I was down there, I saw Mark. So that was the other spirit of this is we wanted to make sure Will Call is in Deep Ellum. The studio is in Deep Ellum. We, we wanted to get to those roots of it. Well, before you get out of here, we're going to remind everybody about the times and the dates and the weekend. Again, it's, it's April the 29th, um, two Saturdays from now, basically. And and before we go any further, we got to go ahead and talk to Jim a little bit because you guys are spanning a little bit with the Cancer Dog Program. What is the Cancer Dog Program? Okay. Hi. Um, hey, Jim. Well, I'll start off. Uh, nice to be here. That story from Joshua is amazing. And Mark Verma was a really good friend of mine. Excellent. I'm actually sitting here with my puppy from Paws in the City, Kira. What uh, kind of I puppy is Kira? Kira is a lab and she is amazing. Nice. The most loyal, per perfect dog in the world. What and color? The, Yellow, black, brown? She's white. White. Oh, white, wow. White looks like a big polar bear. Yeah. And yeah, it's got the paws to to prove it and mm. uh she's she's awesome and she's been great and one thing i really liked about what mark did with positive city that i don't think can ever be recreated is he was like a as a connector he could tell from the person that wanted to do the adoption which dog would be best for him i mean i saw it many times and that's a mm -hmm. special special trait there and that's kind of what that's mark's heart working for sure <laughs> so, so so let's so talk about the cancer dogs yeah this cancer thing does catch me up a little bit. Mark, you know, passed away. He was a really good friend of ours. And uh, so 
So we're, we're, we've all joined Positive City in tribute to Mark. I have a, a team. It's my son, Eric, um, his girlfriend, Ashley, and I. Mm-hmm. And we're team Eric. And Eric is a cancer survivor himself. And uh, Mark and Eric were great friends. So what we're doing with cancer dogs is we're, we're, we're working on a program called FECO Playbook, F-E-C-O, which stands for Full Extract Cannabis Oil. So it's a plant-based program, but it includes not only plant-based medicine, but diet and exercise, mm-hmm. removing toxins out of your life and doing supplements to, to actually to remove the dead cells when you kill them. So um, we're finding out through a lot of different patient reported outcomes that that there's been success with all different types of cannabinoids. Um, the two main ones are THC and CBD, mm-hmm. but there's a bunch of other ones that really make the needle move in the right direction that really affect nausea and different things like that. I, I, I know from experience because Eric's a cancer survivor, had brain tumors when he was eight years old, a reoccurrence at 10. And when he was 18, he got um, the real bad boy. It was called Burkitt's lymphoma in his abdomen. And when he was done going through hell, which mm-hmm. was the Western medicine, um, he, they, they killed the cancer and it, it, it almost killed him though. So I started researching stuff. And when we got home, he had nine prescriptions and we started using some cannabis oil and it eliminated five of the prescriptions. So we, that's, we eliminated that's amazing. It was amazing. We were, I, I told my wife, Hey, we don't need those. And she's like, Oh, you don't want those in a patch. You want them in a pill. And we're like, no, we don't need them anymore. She was so um, well, you know, that's that's where a lot of people got introduced to CBD. They, it was about the medicinal purposes. And you and they were always talking about cancer patients. And so you're like a living testament to this, your son, Eric. We, you know, what we, Eric is, and Eric is a rock star too. He runs our company, run, doing a great job with that. Um, you know, one of the sayings that we have, and probably the most important one, is that we love dogs and we hate cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why we're doing this with Paws in the City. Joshua's been great. Our goal is to be able to, save some dogs from shelters that have cancer, run them through our program, which is mainly diet and dogs are a lot easier to put on a fast than humans are, mm-hmm. um, manage their behavior and give them some major effectors. And major effectors are could either be chemo, uh, radiation, or full extract cannabis oil. Uh, we also work with frequency. Uh, I'm sure everybody on here has heard of Nikola Tesla. Uh, Nikola Tesla developed a frequency back in the uh, 30s that could actually have blown up the world. I mean, he realized that frequency is is everything's got a frequency and you can manipulate it. Mm-hmm. And so he started using it to, for the better. And he realized you can actually kill the cells and, that have been affected by either a bacteria or a virus. And those cells end up becoming cancer. And this is so with light, right? That's what frequency is. It's, it's about this is light. With light. Yeah, with light. And I'm not as specialist on all this so i'm going to share you all the spare you the details but uh, my partner chip paul is a scientist and he's researching we're doing pcr testing we have a program up in oklahoma called the one dollar fico program where we're getting medicine to patients that prove that they're on you know i hate to say it we're having them give us their diagnosis and they have to answer questions once a week how they're following the program Mm -hmm. so what we're doing is trans Transitioning that over to dogs. We realize dogs move a lot faster. They're more controllable. We love dogs. Um, we want to save dogs. Uh, the dogs now, when they get cancer, a lot of them get euthanized right away, which right. is terrible. We want to, th- that's wrong. You're trying, to, dogs, you're trying to save them for their families. 
Exactly. We're working with families right now. And, and, and as we're working now, we just recently we penned a deal with Joshua about working with PAWS and converting some of the large dog program over to cancer dogs. We're going to spend most of our effort on how to get dogs that have cancer and how to treat them and how to put them back into the program, which you know, is getting them adopted. Yes. Yeah. You know, what's amazing. A lot of people don't even think about dogs having cancer or if they have a pet that that wound up having cancer, it's usually like it's too late. I guess it's like if you take your dog to the vet often enough, they can tell if something's wrong, right? Can you, can you talk about dogs who have cancer and maybe some of the signs? Well, you know, the interesting part about it is that the charity that I started when Eric was sick back in 2012, it's been around for 12, uh, the 11th year, it's called Early Recognition is Critical. So it goes right along with what you're talking about. It's all about helping people recognize symptoms early Yeah, and speaking up if something's wrong. Well, dogs do speak up in their own way. Um, Mark and I actually used to talk about this where dogs can smell cancer. There's certain chemicals in cancer. And I think one of them is called methionine and the dogs can, Mark knew it. He said his dogs, especially his one buddy was his, his, his man mm-hmm. and ran the whole pack. He said that dog was coming at me. Like I was, did something wrong to him, you know? And he was just warning him. He was warning him. Wrong. Yeah. It's amazing. The dogs are so instinctive and they're, they, they, they only have one thing in their life is you and they're so loyal to you. And that's, you know, we're, we don't pay enough attention to it. So we're, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff with that. Also, we're going to look at turning some of these dogs into the cancer sniffing dogs. I mean, yeah. I mean, if they can do bomb sniffing, come on, they can do it all. Hell yeah. It's all in your urine. They can, you can, you can pee in a cup, Mm -hmm. mail it to us at a place up in Ada, Oklahoma, because we're going to be treating the dogs in Oklahoma because uh, medical cannabis is up there. Okay. And Just like Colorado. Yeah. I'd love to talk to you about, you know, we're going to say THC and dogs, and a lot of people are going to freak out, but dogs have a backbone and the endocannabinoid system, just like humans, mm-hmm. all mammals do that have, you know, so they all can tolerate THC. You just can't smoke them out. And you can't overdose them. So you have to do about a one to 10, what normal humans do. It, it might affect them a little bit, but they get used to it over a couple of days of time. And in a long run, full extract cannabis oil can save your dog. Honestly, it, it gets in the blood and it causes the cancer cells to commit aptosis, which is suicide. And it's basically enforcing and encouraging your immune system to get stronger, which is called homeostasis. And if your body can fight the fight, it's going to kill those bad cells because cells are born good every day. We mm-hmm. get new cells and brought into our body. They're all clean and they don't want to go bad. And they just are getting hijacked by something like a virus or a bacteria. So spinning it back to the frequency, that's how you kill that stuff. The so light. we currently now have a couple of dogs on treatment that are going through frequency treatment. Mm-hmm. What we do is we get feedback from the caregivers We'll call them that because mm-hmm. it's similar to what we call the cancer patients um, caregivers. Mm-hmm. And um, they report back to us weekly on what what's working and what's not. And so what we're doing is using what's working more and what's not working less. You know, it's just kind of standard. So, uh, it's a it's a survivor story payback. They tell us what worked and then we pass it on to the patient that's currently going through it. And I understand, uh, Joshua, you've got a couple of dogs in Paws in the City who are going through the program, or is this Jim? Is this your program? This is my program. Please tell us about those two dogs. Yeah, I will. I'll tell you about. I'll tell you about one of them. He's he's got um, anal cancer, mm-hmm. and 
Um, the good thing about it is we caught it early. Mm-hmm. And he's been on FICO and frequency for about a month now, uh, getting amazing feedback. Um, he's healthier, bouncing around more, showing less pain, which is an important quality of life, I think, is most important to all of us. Yeah, he's getting his personality uh, back, huh? Exactly. And that's what dogs are all about. That's when mm-hmm. they start you know, when they lose that, they start talking about, hey, maybe this you know, it's time and it's not time. Yeah. You know, that one, they it, it just needs something that's affecting their body cleaned out. So that's what our program's called is treat the cause. When you put frequency on a bacteria or a virus that causes cancer, you're fixing the cause. You're not treating the symptom. Right. Cancer is a symptom, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a symptom. People don't realize that. So when they do chemo, they kill cancer. So the symptoms gone, but cancer comes back a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's because they didn't treat the cause. So our whole mentality is, and, and we're we're working under God's guidance right now, man. We're this is a total nonprofit move, mm-hmm. and uh, we are all about helping people treat the cause and making the symptom go away by itself. Which we know it works. We just need to prove it through these patient reported outcomes that we're getting. We're using dogs because dogs' bodies move a lot faster. That's similar to why they use mice for different types of treatments. They mm-hmm. have such a short lifespan. You can really find, get results quick. Sure. Uh, dogs are great. We, besides saving them, they give you great feedback. They, they show you where if they're, if they're in pain, they don't, they, 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 they don't, show you drama or, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. Humans, we'd have to deal with that. We'd have to cut through the, the BS kind of stuff. Dogs really don't have BS in their life, which is really right. nice. Jim, this, so, is yeah. a, this is amazing stuff, man, you're talking about. This is this is so crucial, especially for people who actually love their pets so much. They are part of the family. They're not just man's best friend. They're, they're not just some. They're part of their family. So this is excellent news for those who may have a, a, a pet who's got some cancer. And if the with that being said, Joshua, back to you. Pause in the city. What are some of the things you guys are doing with the cancer dog program? Are you able to do anything yet? Help them out some kind of way? I know it's in the so, infancy of it. Yeah, we are definitely in the infancy of it. This is step one. Um, we a, a main point I want to make here is we certainly want to work with the shelters we're already working with and and the oncologist and find the dogs that are at that critical stage, but we want also want to open it up to folks that maybe didn't adopt a dog from Paws in the City, but are struggling with this cancer in their dog and, and give people opportunities. It's, it's really opening it up to generally speaking, if your dog has cancer, reach out to Paws in the City. We, we, we want the data and we want to help. That sounds fantastic. And we could get the dog, we could get them on a program. It's, exactly. It's called Fico Playbook for Dogs. Go figure, right? Yeah, Exactly. Uh, like I said, FICO is full extract cannabis oil. It's a, if, are you familiar with what that is? Not really, but I've been kind of keeping a, an eye out of it from, you know, from a distance. I kind of like keep an eye out because like it's technology and it's like trying to save lives and it's helping people. It really is. And a, a real quick, two, two, one minute, what, what the, how you make it is you sure. take 190 proof Everclear and you, you soak full plant. You don't take out any of the roots, even maybe cut the dirt out and soak it in Everclear for about 30 days where all the cannabinoids come out, where they just not just THC and CBD and some of the main ones, but all hundred of them come out. And then you extract or purge the alcohol out of that mix. And what's remaining is full extract cannabis oil. 
So it is medicine. It's mm-hmm. been around thousands of years, mm-hmm. up to a hundred years ago when they put the prohibition on it, because they didn't want us to grow our own medicine, which is really starting to make sense of we're getting screwed, you know, and the government is starting to wake up a little bit. I mean, because it's not federally legal, all there's no research allowed on this product because it's not federally legal, but it's legal medically in 38 states, you know? So yeah. We're dealing with some crazy stuff. We're we're actually activists, and and because dogs make the moving the needle, we're gonna take this to to the hill and um and scream loud that that we do want some changes. That's fantastic. Um, I'm glad you you're hooking up with Paws in the City because, like I said, we got tremendous response from Joshua uh, when he visited with us earlier this year about the things that Paws in the City is doing. And so this, you guys are like this is kind of meant to be hand in hand helping people out. And back to you, Joshua, with Paws in the City. I know we're going to blow it all out for the the big festival on the 29th. Can you talk about some of the other things that Paws in the City has coming up? Yeah, so obviously we're always looking for, uh, you know, help. We're a volunteer organization. We recently had a a few folks retire. So uh, there are some board positions opening. Specifically, we're looking for a treasury. So if you're listening to this and and you think that's a good opportunity for you to volunteer and use your skill set. Uh, you can reach out info at pause in the city. You can reach me direct, directly, Joshua pause in the city. Uh, and certainly there's going to be a lot more n- n- news and noise around this program on our website, on our social media. This is the, you know, off fresh off the press announcement. <laughs> so this is brand spanking new. Uh, I'm going to be visiting Oklahoma soon in, in the coming weeks. And uh, yeah, we're just really excited about the the specific nature of this program and 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 just how far it can reach. That's fantastic. Well, you guys enjoy VermaFest out in Deep Ellum on April 29th. And again, thanks for dropping by Joshua and Jim. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Have a great day. And joining us right now is the Vice President of Production for Earth Day Expo in Dallas, Miss Patty Silva, how you doing, Patty? Hi, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so glad to have you because Earth Day is such a big thing, and the Earth Day Expo at the Fair Park is going to be amazing this year. I, I guess you guys are expecting over 177,000 people to come through. You know, we had 177,000 in 2019, the last time we held the event at Fair Park. So we are definitely confident that, given the the beautiful weather coming up, yes. that it's going. At least that. At least that. Now, tell me about the exhibitors, the speakers, the conferees. I mean, this is going to be an amazing event. It's going to be awesome. You know why? Because there's a little bit of something for everyone. So the first thing is that our event celebrates Earth Day every year. Mm -hmm. Uh, EarthX has been bringing this event to Dallas for the past, uh, I think this is going to be our 13th year. And we have something for families. We have something for people that just want to know more, uh, even in an expert level, even if you're already in the space where you know a little bit about the environment or sustainability, but just want to know more or the latest and issues and solutions. So for families, I'll tell you this. This is not just a learning experience for kids and adults alike, but it's also fun we're going to have music, we're mm-hmm. going to have food, we're going to have uh, performers, live music, and we're going to have, uh, for example, let me tell you about this one special this year. We are teaching people about 
the impact of what is called food deserts in the cities. And right. I'm very familiar with that. that. Yes. Like okay, in, in the well, uh, underserved neighborhoods, there's just not any grocery stores around. That's correct. And that may be a new term for some people. So we don't just stand on a stage and just teach you what that means. We're actually having what we call an activation, which is an area that engages with the public is going to be a half pipe where skaters, young skaters are going to be teaching people not just about the food deserts, but also teaching them how to skate. So it's just kind of like a new uh, and modern way to engage audiences in, in the way that they are receiving the information. They're going to have some games. They're going to be painting a mural. Uh, they're going to have um, some guest speakers talking about this. So that's just one example of the different ways in which we're trying to drive our message, which is, hey, how do we all decide that we're going to be better stewards of our planet? What mm-hmm. do we need to know? So that's basically the, the main mission, right? Uh, but while you're there, you're going to have a really good time. Exactly. you got over 700 exhibitors. 400 speakers, 2,000 conferees, but you'll have a chance to have fun. And like you said, the weather's going to be fantastic. So if you're going to be out and about anyway, you might as well come by and check out Earth Day Expo at Fair Park in Dallas. You've mentioned it's been a a part of Dallas for like 13 years or so. It's just grown and grown and grown until the pandemic hit, and that just slowed down everybody. But now you're backing up and running again, right? That's right. You know, like everybody else, we sort of pivoted in 2020. The word is pivot, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Big pivot, and we did virtual, but we're super excited to be back. We actually came back live last year. Uh, Just We're just at a different venue. So Mm -hmm. this year, we're back at Fair Park, which has been our home for 10 years. And we love being there, right? Because at Fair Park, there's just so many ways to bring activities to the community. And we actually also welcome a lot of guests from around the world. Oh, okay. So we have conferences that are ticketed events where we are gearing information towards focused areas. So, for example, we have an energy conference and we have a wildlife conservation conference and we have a Latin America conference that focuses on issues in Latin America. But then we also have eight different stages live throughout the expo halls at Fair Park. And remember, our event is free. So anybody can come anytime and I'll give you the times in a minute. And they can actually walk the halls and just basically find a stage that has a speaker that is speaking to them in the way they want to hear about the message they want to hear and just come and listen. We have eight stages. We have a youth area where there's going to be a stage where speakers are talking to college students about careers that have to do with, you know, the environment and environment and sustainability. We're calling it the green job, mm-hmm. uh, uh, green job uh, stage and uh, youth stage. The area is called Next Gen. There's also going to be people there that are giving students and young people advice on how to craft a resume. They're going to be doing free headshots for people. And so aside from having fun, you can also go and actually get some help in different areas of your life and what you're trying to do. It is absolutely fantastic. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run. 
Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We're talking to Patty Silva. She's the vice president of production for the 2023 Earth Day Expo at the Fair Park uh, I should just go ahead and say the fairgrounds because in my mind, I think about the fair and all the fun things you can do out there. And I'm thinking about like a festival because you got all the music. It's almost like a green Coachella. I mean, I'm saying that for anybody under the age of 30. They know what Coachella is. And you're talking about in April, the fair in April as opposed to a hot September or October. This is going to be amazing. I'm really fired up about this. It's going to be great. And you know what? We're talking about the weather, and I think it's going to be amazing and gorgeous. But I do want to say that even in, we've had years when it, there was a little rain. You know, it's April, mm-hmm. April showers. So there's been a little rain, but we have a lot of indoor activities. So even if it looks overcast, even if it looks like it's starting to sprinkle, don't let that hold you back. Because yeah. our expo hall, of course, are indoors, and that's where their stages are happening and the activities are happening. And we're going to try to move as much as we can indoors. And it's just something to do, you know, instead of sitting at home, come on over. You actually can also, I don't know, a lot of people that are not familiar with the fairgrounds, you can take the dart train you and sure it drops can. right at the gate. You know, yeah. it's so wild. You bring up the dart train. I did this a few years ago. I went to, I said, you know, I've, I've been to Texas OU game, you know, oh, a whole bunch <laughs> of times over the years. And I've always just driven, right? I said, I'm going to take yeah. the dart train this time. So this time I parked over at the West End and I jumped on the dart. And it was full of fans going to the game and fans going to the fair or people just going to the fair. It was so fun. It was so much fun. It kind of gets you pumped. Yes, it gets you all excited. And it pulls up right in front of Big Tex. I mean, that's where it drops you off, right out front. And it was so easy. Yeah, it was so easy. Yes. And you know what? It's um, we're going to. Well, we have that. We're going to have, of course, all the parking lots will be open for mm-hmm. for the for Fair Park. And we're going to have trams, though, even if you end up, you know, a couple of blocks away in one of their lots, we're going to have trams that bring you all the way to the gate. Um, I wanted to say, too, that this is something that I, I like to mention because a lot of people are into this. So we have a lot of volunteer opportunities. So some yes. people really feel engaged when they feel like they're helping. Mm-hmm. And this event is so vast. We have so many different things that we like to do, and we like to keep it free for the public. So we engage a lot of volunteers, and we're still needing volunteers, especially for Saturday and Sunday. I just want to get that shout out there because it's still time, and it'll make you feel good, and it'll be fun, and we'll give you a short shift, and then you have fun after. Yeah, where where can they find that information? Where do they go? There's a website where they can volunteer? You'll go to the website. If you go to earthx.org, you will see, you'll find volunteers. You just got to do the search you know, little area Mm -hmm. and volunteers and it'll take you to where you can sign up. And also this is new. So our app just launched yesterday. So you can actually go to the app store and look EarthX, look for that. And you'll download the the app that gives you a way to register. So it's free and you don't have to register for our events, but we encourage it. You know, it'll kind of start sending notifications about our schedule and things like that. So it's always just like an added plus um, to get those. Definitely, the app is the place to go for information on schedules, on what's where, what exhibitors are where. We we do have approximately 600 different types of boots this year mm-hmm. at, at Fair Park from um, things you can buy, things you can taste, places you can learn, people with the latest in technology. 
I mean, there's so, like I, when I say there's a little bit for everyone, I really do mean it. You'll find something for you um, through the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And we're talking about the 21st through the 23rd, Dallas Earth Day Expo. And like I said, my mind is just visualizing all the fun things that you can do. And it's also you're learning so many things. I was given a comp of the State Fair, Texas. I was given a comp of Coachella. I was even thinking of a comp of it's kind of like South by Southwest down in Austin because South by Southwest started off as one thing and now it evolved into so many different things, not just music, but tech and all kinds of things like that. Oh, yeah. Speakers, conferences. It's, it's sort of like a green South by Southwest, right? That is exactly right. You know, we, we're fans of South by Southwest ourselves and we participate every year. We love the fact that they're bringing education and information to to the masses. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're trying to do just with a focus on it's not just is the environment and sustainability. But if you really look at it, I mean, there's all kinds of other things. You know, there's also innovation and there's uh, youth and there's film. We're actually going to have films at several oh, of our stages and they're all green documentaries. Basically, we also have VR. I forgot to tell you about that. We have VR experiences that are so cool. And these are the kinds of experiences that, you know, you go somewhere, you're going to pay like $20 mm-hmm. to try them. Some of them are 10 minutes long. Mm-hmm. You'll pay 20 to $30 anywhere else. You're going to come here. You're going to be able to do it for free. Awesome. That is absolutely amazing. Again, Dallas Earth Day Expo. And we're talking to Patty Silva. Patty, there's people from all over the country and some yeah. parts of the world will be coming in. But I know in North Texas, there's people from small towns or people down from Houston or Austin, San Antonio, Tyler, Lubbock. I know there's got to be some kind of a system for transportation and the hotels. People staying in the hotels in Dallas because it's, it's, it's like I said, it's like a festival. It's like South by Southwest, Coachella. It's kind of like it all. That's that's correct. So we do have several room blocks for guests that are visiting from outside of town. Okay. If you will go to our website and you look for the area that is called Plan Your Visit, we have had several links there. Um, you know, some of them are starting to fill up, but if you'll just continue to try, if you don't get this one, go to the next one. I think we have at least 10 to 12 different blocks where you can go. And I'm sure you're going to find somewhere that fits your budget and fits your style. And of course, you can always also, there's a place to email us your questions on the website. If you've tried it and you're not having luck with this or the other, send us a question. We have staff all day long that's looking at um, inquiries that are coming in and we'll answer your question the best we can. I got a question for you, Patty, because I'm so Mm -hmm. impressed with you. How did you first get involved with Earth Day? And Earth X, because you know so much and you were talking about volunteering earlier because people like to do things to help people. What's your story? How did you get involved? Oh, my gosh. Thanks for asking. Nobody asked me that question. So, you know, um, I've been in the business of production for quite a while, but about 10 years ago, uh, a friend of mine just said, hey, they need help with a couple of things, data things that they need to find out. Mm -hmm. And it's just like a little a little something. Can you help for a few hours a week? And once I started working here, I just never left. I just loved it that much because the mission that we have here is enough to really fulfill your heart. You know how they say, do what you love, you never work a day in your life. Exactly. That's how I feel. It feels good to be doing something good, to be doing something for the future generations, to not just be working to you know, make a living, Mm -hmm. but to feel like you're going beyond that. 
and I'm lucky enough to work here, but actually we have volunteers year round, honestly. And when you are volunteering, they say, I've heard this said, that it makes you feel better about yourself. It makes you feel better about the future. Yeah. Uh, what looked dark at some point may not look so dark. So I, if you're not already a part of action and helping out in any group, in any organization or for any cause, I really recommend it. It really will do your heart good. I think you're so right about that, especially a, a lot of people coming off the pandemic, they felt a little more isolated. They might have been working from home or, or virtual learning from home, and they, they weren't out and about with their friends. And as you mentioned, the pivot, people are getting back out, so to speak, over the last couple of years. And there's so many people who just want to reach out and help. They just want to do do something, make a change, be a difference maker. Um, they're educators, the teachers, the firefighters, police officers, uh, first responders, you know, doctors. Everybody's been doing something to help people out. And when you volunteer or doing something that you really, really love to do and you get response from people, you're able to help kids, whether it's, you know, uh, kids, you know, in school or kids in after school programs or even adults, seniors, pets, you know, it just makes people feel good about their community. I agree. You know, it's so funny. I was watching a show this morning that had Denzel Washington talking about all the good work he does, for example. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, doing good for anyone else outside of yourself is the most selfish thing you can do. And why? Because you're really doing it for yourself. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, helping others mm -hmm. ends up really being a benefit to you. And I agree with that in that respect. We are really big here about not... Uh, expecting anybody to just huge change, huge jump. We always tell people if there was one thing you could do, one thing that's going to make you feel better and help the planet, what would that be? If you don't know what that would be right now, if you come to us, if you come to our event, we're going to give you a hundred ideas to pick from mm -hmm. and you don't have to do all hundred. You can just pick one thing from the simplest thing. Hey, I'm going to lower the amount of plastic I use in my life. I'm going to lower the amount of uh, this kind of food or that kind of food that mm -hmm. I use or the amount of times I drive. And you will see that little by little, it's going, that's going to start increasing what you're doing. And we all benefit from that. I mean, you're going to benefit, but the entire world is benefiting because whether you believe um, that we're being affected or not, it is, we learned something in the pandemic, which is that clear air, air, when you're not having as many cars out there mm -hmm. and some other benefits like that mm -hmm. happen when we are, you know, more conscious about what we're doing in our footprint on this world. And you mentioned this before with when Denzel talking about it's kind of selfish because you're actually helping yourself. Well, guess yeah. what? That's what mental wellness is all about as well. It's, it's, it's about if you can see things from a bigger picture, in other words, helping others or helping your community or helping the planet or just knowing that there's more than just what's in, if there's, it's more than just you. In other words, your problems are small compared to other things and you're able to help other people who you might not even, their problems are even bigger than yours. It's like, well, you know what, but I've made a difference. It makes you feel good inside when you've made a difference. That's right. And I think one of the, you know, I'll say this and you and I, uh, seems like we have this down because I, it sounds like, you know, a lot about this. Mm -hmm. So we agree on that, 
But I do want to also emphasize that even if you're not really bought into the idea that you and I know so well, um, and if you just want to look at it, like I'm going to come and I'm just going to. Yeah, I'll just check it out. Uh, yeah, you know, there, I've got a I've got a, a, a relative. This is a girl. She's 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 like my cousin. And yeah, she overthinks everything. And so she's the kind of person like she won't even play a pickup game until she thinks about it first to see who's all involved. And so I know, I know exactly what you're saying. And then what she's in, she's totally in. So she's, I'm not saying she's skeptical because she keeps it to herself. She doesn't say anything. She doesn't roll her eyes. She just wants to observe it for herself and then feel comfortable. So I know where you're going with this. Come on out and check it out for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and just walk around because you never know what's the one thing that's going to speak to you. You know, it might it might just be um, by volunteering. It mm-hmm. might be by just taking a quick tour. We will have guided tours throughout the park. It might be by going and just sitting down at one of our stages and saying, OK, what is this uh, uh, blue speaker stage about? Right. You know, talking about all these water problems and solutions. So we're not all about doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. We might tell you about some of the things that we have to be careful with these days, but we're going to tell you what are the greatest solutions around the globe, you know, from technology to policy mm-hmm. to things that we're, anyone in the world is doing to try to improve upon what we already know. Uh, and you'll pick for yourself. And yeah. You know, for you, move on to the next one. We have eight. Sure. You know, they're all over. Mm-hmm. And it, it, like you said, it's a, a lot of fun. It's a lot of wisdom, a lot of knowledge, but it's all in a in a way that you can consume at your own pace. And again, it's, it's happening the weekend of April the 21st through the 23rd at Fair Park near downtown Dallas. And Patty, you, you I'm going to let you wrap this up with a nice bow. Tell people again what they can do. And it's absolutely free to check out Dallas Earth Day Expo. Thank you. You guys come out. It is, well, it's free. I'll just start with that. Mm-hmm. But music, food, education, experiences, VR, experts. And I, I don't know, you're going to see some live shows from the Dallas Zoo, from the Dallas Aquarium, uh, some bird shows from Window to the Wild. You name it. There's a little bit for everyone. We have some performers, some uh, adorable kids are coming to perform from us for us in one of the stages. I think that no matter what you are into, you're going to find something you like at EarthX 2023. Thanks, Patty. That's Patty Silva with Dallas Earth Day Expo. And now guess what? Since this is an Earth Day edition, We've got a special conversation about Earth Day and COVID-19 from Odyssey's own Karina Delgado and her special guest, Shyla Raga. And we also want to thank you again for listening to Better Living, a show about people and organizations having a big impact here in North Texas. I'm your host, Chris Arnold. So long, everybody. Odyssey is celebrating Earth Month and our commitment to one thing. If each of us does one thing to help the environment, that's millions of things that add up to make an enormous difference. Hey, I'm Corey from Odyssey. With Earth Day coming up on April 22nd, Odyssey's Karina Delgado checks in from the nation's capital with Dr. M. Sanjit, the CEO of Conservation International. Each year, Odyssey partners with Conservation International on behalf of our team to donate a project supporting our planet. Anything from protecting mangroves and tropical rainforests to saving elephant habitats. One thing adds up. We've planted trees to restore the forest. We've protected acres of valuable habitat for bees and other pollinators. And all of it starts with the power of people doing one thing. 
But it's not just the big things. Your one thing could be as simple as using a reusable water bottle instead of buying bottled water. I made that switch a couple of years ago. Maybe you carpool or take public transportation to work instead of driving every day with your own car. Dr. Sanjin will share his ideas for your one thing. He also shares the latest on his exciting new documentary project. It's called Our Changing Planet, with the second season slated to air on PBS. Now, let's head to D.C. and check in with Karina. Sanjan, hi! How are you? I am well. Great to talk to you. It's been about a year, right? How, how has your year been? The year's been really busy. Oh, I bet. Well, tell us all about it. Well, you know, the big thing that I've been doing this year is I filmed the second episode of my series, Changing Planet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is an epic seven-year project where yes. we go to the same places every year mm-hmm. and basically figure out what the change is looking like, right? Yeah. Because we know the planet is changing under us. We know it's climate change. We know it's biodiversity loss. But we also know people have, are coming up with some amazing solutions. And so in this year, you know, some of my journeys were really about going back to the place I went to in year one and seeing what, what has happened. You mentioned that this is a seven-year project, but it, uh, this is just season uh, two coming up, right? Well, we, you know, this is year two of a seven-year project. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, you know, maybe when we do this interview five years from now, I can give you the background. Certainly. Well, did, did you see but, significant changes over yeah, the course look, of the year? I mean, you know, the, the big thing that dominated us uh, in this most recent episode, mm-hmm. which you will see on Earth Day, April 19th, uh, on PBS, is that we really tracked fire. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Yeah, and especially the out there in California, right? In California, in yeah. Australia. I mean, we had entire continent essentially on fire to yes. some extent, right? Yes. But the positive side of this is we also followed some amazing indigenous stories mm-hmm. of indigenous people, the Yurok in California, the Pintupi in Australia, and how indigenous peoples are using fire to manage the land. And so it's, it's a two, you know, it's like two sides of the same coin, right? Yeah. Devastating wildfires can wreck the environment and, you know, destroy lives and property. Absolutely. But using fire in the right way can help us manage an area to prevent catastrophic wildfires. So to be honest, you know, I went to California during a heavy fire season knowing that I'm going to see something pretty bad. But I came away to some extent with a sense of optimism because of what I saw in Northern California with indigenous tribes, um, the Yurok in particular, mm-hmm. and how they were managing their own land yeah. in a way that was more resilient to fire and really just very optimistic. And the same thing in Australia. With that, as you were saying, working with the indigenous people there and uh, learning some of their practices to to use fire to, I guess, sort of uh, mitigate some of the uh, effects of climate change. Can you dive into that a little bit more? Like, how can using fire prevent that? I'm kind of I'm trying to think of it. Is that like controlled burning to burn back brush so that when when a fire does take place, it doesn't get out of hand or how does that work? So that's one way. So control burning to make sure that fires don't get out of hand when they really do come is one way. But what is kind of amazing about sort of indigenous wisdom is that indigenous people have been using fire landscapes for a long, long time. And as they were prevented from 
following the traditional practices, habitats changed. Yes. And as those habitats changed, in many instances, they became much more prone to fire. Mm-hmm. So when you go into um, northwestern Australia and you go to the Pintubi people, you know, they basically manage a land about the size of Denmark. Mm. Really a big piece of territory. Sure. And they light fires all the time. Like, I have the chance to light fires with them. Yeah. And they're small fires, but they're constant, like, all the time during a particular season. And it basically keeps the habitat in a particular state. Interestingly, very, very, very good place for endangered species. All endangered species are there. Mm-hmm. And you can see the difference in the habitat. So those catastrophic wildfires don't tend to have the impact that they have in other parts of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk to the Yurok, and the Yurok consider themselves the original rest- restorers of planet Earth. Yes. Like they really see themselves as a restoration people. And that's what they're trying to do there. They're not just restoring their own cultural practices, but they're also trying to restore the land into a habitat type that is a bit more resilient to these changes that we're seeing today. I love that. You know, um, I am originally from Anchorage, Alaska, and uh-huh. Alaska itself has a huge indigenous population. And sure. part of um, something that we saw in that location with our own eyes is that each year, little by little, the Portage Glacier that we, whereas at one point we could just step out onto the glacier from, you know, from the side of the road, it was receding, receding, receding. And so um, to speak to to the um, the show, Our Changing Planet, that was something mm-hmm. that we could see daily. And to your point, yes, the indigenous people, they have their own way of addressing uh, how the land that they live on is changing beneath them and how it, it is incorporated into their culture and how they um, have restorative practices for the land itself. Exactly. I mean, these are people who have lived on the land and managed the land for literally thousands of years. Yes. In the case of Australia, 60,000 years. Sure. You know, yeah. We've been on this land like, you know, for one, two, three, four, you know, hundred years. Certainly not more than that. Certainly not in North America. Yeah. So the sense that we would be great managers of this land, you know, when you see the history of land management is, you know, is obviously false. Mm-hmm. And there's an enormous amount we can learn from that indigenous wisdom and apply it today at scale with modern science. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to give the impression that just if you follow indigenous practices, everything will be okay. Obviously, the transformations we've made have been big. Yeah. But there is a lot of wisdom there that needs to be incorporated into how we see the natural world we live in. Absolutely. Well, uh, circling back to the Our Changing Planet mm-hmm. show, you mentioned that you revisit six different vulnerable ecosystems Mm -hmm. and Australia being one of them. Can you tell us what some of the other locations are inside the show? Yeah. So the Maldives, which are a uh, beautiful atoll in the middle of the Indian Ocean because Mm -hmm. they're they're so, so at risk from climate change. Yes. But they also have incredible reefs. So if you really want to understand the marine story, that's a place. Um, Kenya. You know, Kenya has now experienced probably its fourth year of consecutive drought. Mm-hmm. When the rains have failed again and again and again. Wow. And the impact it's having on people and wildlife is very severe. So we get to see how some communities are using carbon mitigation as a way of protecting forests that provide water for wildlife and people. 
Um, we go to Cambodia to look at the forests of Southeast Asia and some of the mm. biggest river systems in the world. And of course, the Amazon. You can't talk about a changing planet without talking about the Amazon, the biggest rainforest on planet Earth. Um, and then California. You know, California is you know, ground zero if you want to talk about climate change, both sure. impacts as well as opportunities for change. Uh, if you talk talk about the United States. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if our listeners would like to catch uh, the first season of Our Changing Planet, where do they find well, that second at? Season, so the, the second season, sorry. The first season should be online on PBS. Okay. But the second season is going to be aired on um, April 19th. Oh, okay. And yeah, where- 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time and uh, 8 p.m. Central Time on PBS. On PBS. Okay. Yeah. And then, so uh, available on demand at PBS.org? Yes. I'm okay. pretty sure PBS puts most of their shows on demand. Excellent. On, on their website. So if uh, if in watching the first season, since it's already available, and then uh, to basically binge, and then uh, seeing the debut of the second on on the 19th, if that inspires some folks to uh, help out on Earth Day, what are some ways that listeners can, um, can jump on board? Yeah, so there's a great question. I know you always think about the one thing you can do. So by the way, I would say you don't have to watch the first season to enjoy the second one, but it'd be nice to do that. And the second one does go to Australia, which we didn't do in the first season because obviously we filmed that during COVID. Mm -hmm. We weren't allowed to go to Australia in season one, so you get to see some new stuff. Um, But like, look, the one one thing question is a really big question. Right, so I'm going to give you two quick things. So the first thing I think everyone can do is be much more conscious about how much they waste in terms of food. So what you eat, how you cook it, and how much you waste. Okay. So agricultural use of land is the biggest, most pervasive land use we have. Oh, okay. And we want food to be available for everyone, but we want to be mindful about what we use and waste. It'll be just better for your wallet and a huge better for the environment. Okay, okay. I'll give you a very simple example, right? So when I make coffee in the morning, I boil a whole pot of water in order to make coffee. That's silly and idiotic because Mm. all that heat energy that I'm using to boil water for one cup is just a bad way of doing it. Sure. Right? And it's a big, big impact. So what you eat, eat lower on the food chain and be very, very aware of waste. The second thing I would say is we now know that even if we make the energy transition that is well on its way, so electric cars, solar panels, et cetera, we'll still not end up with a livable planet if we don't also protect nature. So I would say to every person listening, you ought to be supporting organizations that are out there restoring and protecting nature. It could be in your backyard. It could be in your local community, or it could be a global organization like Conservation International, which is what I work for. It doesn't actually matter as long as you are doing your part to restore and protect the planet. 
Wonderful. Well, I just wanted to personally thank you for following up with us and catching up with us again this year and let us know what's going on with Our Changing Planet. Again, to our listeners, if you'd like to catch that, it is available at www.pbs.org and season two debuting on April 19th, 9 p.m. Eastern time on PBS, just ahead of Earth Day. Uh, Dr. Sanjin, thank you so much for joining us this year. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. More stories about our environment at onething.us or on the Odyssey app, which you can download now for free. We'll cover environmental news like new requirements for car emissions or changes to public parks. With Earth Day right around the corner, consider getting outside and doing your own project, planting trees, cleaning up litter. And while you do so, you can listen to One Thing Radio free on the Odyssey app. Soak up songs about the earth and enjoy doing your one thing with artists like Odessa, Imagine Dragons, and more. And there's our brand new station, Bloom, a bright and poppy playlist guaranteed to grow on you with artists like Tate McRae, B. Miller, Jeremy Zucker, and more. And hear how your favorite artists are making a difference. We talk to everyone from Marcus Mumford and Dave Matthews to Lizzo, Harry Styles, and Shawn Mendes, each of them sharing the one thing that they do to help the environment. Like, here's how Dua Lipa tries to do her part while on tour. Because I fly so much, I like to pay towards carbon return and like a charity that will do a lot of things in terms of society. Sustainability, because sometimes trying to get from A to B with my job is difficult. And Macklemore with something easy to do at your house. I recycle. I'm great at recycling. I take out the recycle. I stomp the cans. I break down the cardboard boxes and I recycle. And yeah, shopping at the thrift store does help the reuse part of the three R's. Thank you for spending some time with us, being open to learning about sustainability and thinking about your one thing. You can find this station on the Odyssey app, which you can download now for free and find out more there or visit onething.us. We are all on this planet together. So join Odyssey and find your one thing. Fruits and vegetables are very environmentally friendly foods. Make them even more friendly by eating them in season and by choosing produce that is local and organic. Shopping at farmer's markets are a great way to do both. And start growing fruits and vegetables in your own garden. Even if you live in an apartment, you can start with just a few potted plants. Join Odyssey, and together, each of us doing one thing makes a greener tomorrow. What's your one thing? Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 